0: Get ready. Get ready,
1: Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast. The Fantasy Joes Podcast.
2: Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with
1: a focus on dynasty.
0: And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Fantasy
1: Joes Podcast.
0: We are the Fantasy Joes. Joining me as always, we've got Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood. Trey, how are you this evening?
1: Doing pretty well, man. I'm excited. You know, we had a really good time with the drafter party episodes, and I forgot how to speak, apparently. But I'm excited just to have the uh, three amigos tonight talk a little rookies with uh, just my guys.
0: Yeah, and I'm going to talk about the, the drafter party episode in just a second. But first, Will, what's going on? The drafter
2: party was so much fun. But I was shocked at how old and tired I was by Sunday. Uh, even like having Saturday, Thursday, Friday, had Saturday recover, still super sleepy, tired on Sunday. But the draft has been a super fun time. And uh, it, it's funny because it, it just you reflect on how much research you do on these rookies coming in. You have them you know, potentially ranked and where you're going. And then the draft just says, good luck. Like, hold my beer. We're, we're going to do some fun stuff in the draft, and Kurian Johnson is going to go before Darius, guys.
0: Yeah, no kidding, right? It, it, that, that's, that's what happened. So, I, d- d- before we get started here, uh, I just want to do a special thanks to Jake Anderson, Nick Whalen, Paul Pertichese, Peter Howard, joined us on draft party day one and then joining us on draft party day two. I've got to read like 50,000 names here. Uh, we've got uh, uh, Bradley Ilotalo, we've got John Bosch, Jordan McNamara. Uh, Peter Howard again, uh, Shane Manila, and then Tyler Gee. All those guys joined us for uh, the drafter party episodes. The, the, uh, so thank you to those gentlemen. It was a lot of fun. And, and we'll, I want to do it again next year. We'll see. Will, you, th- you think you're up for it next year?
2: Oh, I'm totally in. Uh, I think this year we learned some things during it. And it was such a great time, though. Like, overall, having some beers, watching the draft, seeing, like, Sony and Michelle drafted, like, live on camera and the reactions of
1: the people that were there,
2: that was a lot of fun.
1: We learned yeah. not to try to do an impromptu mock draft with nine people. <laughs> <laughs> <One>. When somebody <laughs> joins late. <laughs> oh man, that was, uh, that was not the drafter party's brightest moment, but it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot you of fun. You live, you learn. Yeah,
0: yeah, so if you haven't listened to those shows, uh, go back and listen to them. And if you, and if you found our show because of the drafter party, welcome, uh, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff. You, you know the drill. But what we're going to do is we're going to get into... Uh, something we did starting on Sunday after the draft, we decided to get together nine of our closest friends and league mates and do a rookie mock draft of our own. Um, and, and not just any rookie mock draft, a super flex rookie mock draft. So we set this up. It's, uh, we decided it was half point PPR. Um, anything else we need to mention, uh, you know, other than the fact that it's super flex league, no, no tight end premium or anything crazy like that. So half point PPR. Superflex rookie mock draft and we're going to get take turns and go through and i guess i get to announce the 101 peter had the 101 and he took saquon barkley um i don't think we need to spend any time on it guys i mean what do we think i mean clearly the 101 if you're in an auction draft you know you know how much money how much more money do you spend on barkley versus anybody else trey
1: well i think that i'll put it this way even being super flex If I had the 101 in a league and I was offered the 102, the 103, the 104, and the 105, the next four rookie picks, I probably would still say no. It would be close, but, I mean, you combine those next four rookie picks, that's how big of a gap there is between Saquon Barkley and the other rookies in this class. I mean, Saquon Barkley, I think by the time that the NFL kicks off this fall, barring an injury, Saquon Barkley will be taken in the top six picks, in startups. Um, he, the The hype is real. The landing spot is, uh, re, I mean, the draft capital landing spot, all positive. I think that the gap between one and two, in rookie drafts, did nothing but grow, as a result of the NFL draft.
0: Yeah, I I, I would totally agree with that. Will, looking at some, uh, I'm in a league and a league mate posted. Uh, a rookie auction going on right now. And I, I think, I don't know the, the money values in the league, but I think Saquon Barkley, someone had bid, like, it, he was up to $1,200. And then the other guys below him, whether it be Geis or um, Chubb, they were at, like, $300, $400. So, you know, going for triple in those leagues. So what do you think, Will? I mean, any, any counter to that? You want to tell anyone to pump the brakes? Or we? Or Obviously, you got the one-on-one, you've got to take Barkley or trade him for as much as you can get. Right. No,
2: I mean the giant. The Giants cut the brake line. You, this is this is full gas the whole time. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, it's a good team. You know, they fell into that 102 because of a lot of injuries last year and just a whole, like a, a, a team that needed some, uh, you know, uh, co- cohesion and, and to be together as a team again. And I think Schirmer going there from the Vikings. If you look at his his career and what he's done with the offenses, and that's why I mentioned is actually the beginning of draft party. I know that Saquon isn't a popular chat about because he's obviously the dynasty 101 but i think that his value only went up by by going there and i'm really excited to see uh how how that all works out i'm i mean this is going to be one of those picks where the we'll remember for the rest of our lives win or lose uh in in the dynasty community it's gonna be super fun to see how it works out like if if saquon somehow busts this is going to go down this is different than trent richardson this is a whole different ball game you know, as far as his athleticism and things like that. So, But if he, if he succeeds, uh, any sort of you know, generational talent that comes through from now on, you thought the one-on-one was expensive this year, that's going to change significantly for the years moving forward. But I think at this point, if you own the one-on-one, the chances of somebody paying you enough to actually move away from that is bad for them. Uh, <laughs> like they, they, it has to be such a, a payment that your team needs to get significantly better that's what Saquon would do
0: now. Yeah. So our, our friend league mate Peter Karen took Barkley at the 101. And now on the clock we have Aaron Rodriguez with the 102.
1: So he took Darius Geis and I think I think that this is going to be an interesting spot in rookie drafts. I think before the NFL draft Darius Geis was kind of locked and loaded at the 102. For me and Superflex, I would take a quarterback Um, I won't discuss what quarterback, because we're going to get to those. But for me, Darius Geis is not the 102 in Superflex leagues. I I don't fault Aaron for taking him here. It's kind of the chalk pick. Um, But honestly, I'm even at the point where in non-Superflex, I'm not convinced that I would take Darius Geis at the 102. I think that there's some big red flags. I've got some concerns, and he's one of those guys that I would rather just miss out on because there are some other running backs that landed in good spots with better draft capital that I think have, uh, that are safer picks, safer floors, and maybe not as high a ceiling, but, uh, you know, when, when Gruden's already come out and said that they have a third down back, that'll be on the field on third downs. And we know that that's a guy that in Chris Thompson, who's very capable in that role. Um, And uh, yeah, he's injury prone. So he's going to get hurt and then guys can get that work. I mean, that's narrative street that, you, you just can't assure that. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that the, the second pick in any rookie draft is going to be wide open. For me, I would have gone quarterback here. Um, but, you know, I, I understand where Aaron's going.
2: Yeah, I mean, Chris, Chris Thompson broke his leg. Uh, his injury, I think, is more significant than what people give credit to of coming back from. And he was also 26 last year, turned 27. So I, I don't mind the, the guy's pick, and I don't mind not wavering from the beginning because that landing spot I feel like is good for his opportunity, because if he shows that he can do more and isn't the narrative street of his draft capital that drops so harshly. Uh, I mean, the, the thing is, it's still the It's riskier than it should have been.
0: Yeah. I I think the, the thing with, with Darius Gaius is he has potential to be very, very good. And, it's not like he has uh, domestic assault charges, you know, in his history or he abuses drugs or anything like that. It, it seems like he's a free spirit. You know, he, he kind of uh, marches to the beat of his own drum. And is that a concern? Sure. But there've been guys in this league, like Marshawn Lynch that are done the same thing. And they were foster. With- yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, there's a model we've seen this before and yes, you should be nervous, but I, and I'm with you, Trey, I think in a super flex league, the one Oh two, I take a QB, um, but I, I don't mind the guys pick here. And I think if I'm in a regular one QB league, I, I, I'm still taking guys all day, every day. Uh, when uh, Shane Manila was on the show, DFF Shane uh, at the director party, he suggested we should follow this closely, monitor this closely, look at the news. And I totally agree with that. Up until your rookie drafts, you have the one two, pay attention and just make sure nothing else comes out. But I think, I think we're okay. I think we're okay. So do we want to go to the 103? Will Greenwood had the 103.
2: Yeah. And this is, uh, I think one of the things that we disagree a little bit about is, so I went Sony Michelle with the 103 and the, the one thing that I've been, you know, obviously I'm a big consumer of information and podcasts and things like that. The one thing that kills me is when people talk about the Patriots being this uh, landing spot where there's so much competition, but you look at that competition where they came from. uh, It's not, I I don't think it's as bad as what people are saying. Uh, I think so when Michelle's going to come in, he's a first round draft pick for the Patriots. He's going to be the highest paid running back on the roster, being that first round draft pick. And he's going to dominate the touches and he's going to have every opportunity to succeed. And that's what you want. You want an offense that scores a lot of points with a big opportunity to, just, to succeed. And Michelle's going to have that. He was not my 103 running back. But I think that the, the landing spot to me is, just means that he's, he's in a very, very, very prolific offense. And when it comes to quarterbacks, I'm not good enough at at figuring out the talent profile of a quarterback and landing spot for them that I want to take that right now. And I get that your team is probably bad if you're at the one or three or you trade it up. But are you, what, what's missing? You know, like what's what's missing on your roster? You're going to guess on a quarterback for the Browns or the Cardinals or you know the Bills, you know the Ravens uh, or the Jets. Like those, that's, these aren't like factories that they came from. So that's kind of where I came from with choosing Michelle is that I think you could get, I want three years out of Michelle. And I think three years in a row, Michelle can be an RB one. As long as the medical reports that you don't have any, like there's just not hard enough medical reports for me with what he technically has is like, I heard is a a loose ACL to be strong enough for me not to take him here. I am really loving the Michelle landing spot and I'm pretty high on him.
0: Yeah. I, you know, once again, a super flex, I probably take a QB here. Well, but I I don't, I don't dislike the pick. I do like Michelle a lot uh, closer towards the, the you know, earlier in, in these drafts than, than later. And, and we're kind of getting into like a 1QB league. You're kind of into this cluster we're seeing of these guys that are kind of grouped together, and, and Sonny Michelle is one of those guys. But, but you're right. I'm not worried about the knee. If the knee was an issue, everyone would know about it. He wouldn't have gotten drafted so high. Great landing spot. J.J. Zacharyson had a tweet talking about um, – th- Last year was the third time in three years that the Pats have seen a forty percent plus uh, share rusher. So I I I think you know the, 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 we shouldn't worry so much about the landing spot. And and I think that that Bill has some tricks up his sleeve. He wants to preserve Brady. They're going to want to get a running game going. So I I I love uh, Sonny Michelle. I, I loved him going into the process, and I'm thrilled. I had a league where I traded up to the 107 to get him. I, I got him at the 107, and I was thrilled to get him at the 107. Um, so yes. Very good. Um, Would have taken a QB, but I like the pick. Trey?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, take – and this is impossible to do. You can't set your bias aside. But if you were to describe someone completely uninvolved and you were to describe a prospect coming into the NFL who was a five-star recruit coming out of high school that went to a marquee program that played against some of the best defenses in college football that had incredible slash elite college football production who came on the strongest at the end of his college football career that then was drafted higher than most anticipated as the third running back off the board taken in the first round by probably the best or one of the top two offenses in the NFL. You would think that people would be clamoring to get this person on their team. And I think just because of the fact that Sony Michelle was kind of seen as being beneath Geis and Barkley and even Chubb coming into this process Um, and then the the narrative of I'm with you Will the narrative of the Patriots not having a workhorse back that they've not had a a running back that's this talented and that they've spent the draft capital on since Lawrence Maroney was in New England so I believe that he's going to get an incredible amount of work I think that his touchdown upside, I mean, if you were to tell me right now that he were to score double digit touchdowns next year, I'd think about it for a split second and be like, Oh yeah, that makes complete sense. So I love Sony Michelle. He's my third running back right now. I think that he's got a, a great, I think short-term potential there is, um, is high. So I, I'm with Ryan. I would have gone quarterback as well at the third spot in superflex, but I really like Michelle and, and I'm looking forward to see, um, I mean, I think it's incredible for New England to add that kind of weapon at running back because I think he's dynamic.
2: Yeah, I'm super excited to see how how it works out, and that's the. It's it's kind of me being more conservative on my opinions of the quarterbacks for, from this class because I know it's a, it's a pretty epic historic quarterback class, but it, it still scares me to value a quarterback that highly. And I and I may come around and as as we go on, but uh, in in general, yeah. And it's just uh, also the. The scare of running backs that either haven't been drafted or they were drafted around two, like Jeremy Hill, and then fell out of the league. So I don't know. Love love the Patriots saying spot.
0: Speaking of quarterbacks, 104, Jason Lawn selected Josh Rosen. Uh, now he's the quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Josh Rosen at the 104. So, I have to admit guys with my quarterback rankings, I had, you know, I, I, Trey knows this cause Trey and I had several chats. Uh, well, I think you and I had several chats too about like, where do we rank these QBs? And I was all over the place with all these guys, probably the top four QBs that were taken. Well, not Josh Allen, but the, the four of the top five QBs that were taken, I, I changed spots for them throughout the process, but I've landed with Baker Mayfield as my number one, because I have to admit the Josh Rosen stuff bothers me. Um, he did an interview with Mike Florio about a week, I think before the draft that I listened to, and, and he just sounded very fake, very polished. There are reports that the Cleveland Browns didn't want him because of the way he came across. And I don't know, I, I worry, I, I guess there have been difficult personalities that have come into the league and, and been good quarterbacks, but I don't know. I, I mean, you know, the, more than in their position, you have to be a leader in that locker room. And I don't, know if i believe that he is can can lead uh, an nfl team and i don't know if his heart is in it I, I i think that i just and i don't know if they can take the pressure you know um, i think you could kind of see that during this process so uh, you know maybe this is narrative street i i guess uh, maybe this is echo chamber stuff but uh, as, as our friend chris harris would say but but i you know I, I i i like taking the quarterback here i would have taken mayfield
1: yeah i ditto i mean The one thing that I think Rosen has going for him is I think he's going to play with an incredibly large chip on his shoulder. And I think that having some um, veteran leadership around him out there in Arizona with um, Larry Fitzgerald and um, having a guy like David Johnson who's so versatile and um, the the name of the head coach is eluding me right now, um, but I love the guy, B.T., he, I really do think that he's got incredible potential. He, many people have even stated he's one of the most pro-ready quarterbacks. Um, I mean, he's going into a, a conference that is um, pretty loaded with quarterback star power there with um, Russell Wilson and uh, Jimmy GQ and even Jared Goff. So, you know, he's got his work cut out for him. But um I think that the chip on the shoulder, I think that he feels disrespected by being taken 10th. Um and, and I don't I don't hate the pick. I would have taken Mayfield over actually Rosen probably is gonna end up being my third quarterback. But um I I I can respect Jason grabbing the guy that he likes the most from that group.
0: Yeah, and, and, and think- this is, they're they're all so close, right? I mean, not that I think it's a horrible pick. I, I think Rosen's actually my number two um but i but i have make mayfield number one for the reasons i stated sorry well didn't mean to cut you off you got steve Wilkes, the head coach there is in the Arizona cardinals he's going to get his hands on josh Rosen. what do you think of that
2: uh great last name uh especially the first part of it no but uh, so the thing about rosen is <laughs> I, I so i would have taken mayfield first too but i'm pretty quarterback and i'm a pretty quarterback resistant is, as far as having to make a decision if i'm training up in, in a super flex or normal league, it's not to get it's not to get a quarterback i think that these guys are coming in they'll be fine but we don't have a good enough history like i'd rather have a lot of people that you know like uh you know at this point in time like what do you think you'd get for the 104 like matt ryan plus what or matt stafford plus something or and uh i just I, I i would prefer to have an established quarterback and then do that so like taking rose in here uh i i th- if that's your top quarterback, you take him where you, you have your pick. And I think Rosen's going to have a great opportunity. He's going to a system to where the, you know, basically I just see like Larry Fitzgerald is such a great leader and he's, he's the old man in the clubhouse. and can teach somebody how to do something. And I love Rosen's cockiness about everything because what else is he supposed to say? You know, he's, he's going to be this leader of a locker room. And if he's like, Oh yeah, I'm not surprised I went 10th because I think I was the, the fourth quarterback off the board. Nobody's going to respect him for that. So I think he's playing some things correctly, and it just isn't I, – yeah, I, would, I would have taken Mayfield first in the quarterback group, uh, but just, just barely.
0: Speaking of Mayfield, at the 105, Team Kirk, well, who did they take?
2: Yeah, we took uh, Baker Mayfield to the Cleveland Browns, the quarterback factory of the century. And that is the most terrifying part about Baker Mayfield to me is that he's going to that organization right now with where they are and their transition. You went through a very, very massive part where you had you get Sashi trade for draft picks, going you know for analytics and draft value, and now you had the you had the the general manager who wasn't who wasn't telling the coach of who they were taking. So the biggest part that it's Mayfield's talent doesn't scare me. Mayfield's landing spot scares me because the Browns are a black hole of player talent, and I don't like it. That's the only reason why I very very scared about Baker Mayfield.
0: You don't have faith that he's going to turn that around. I mean, the talent's there in Cleveland now, Will. You can't deny that.
2: It's just that they, he, the talent was there last year, and they they didn't win any games. Right. Like well, last draft, we were telling these these Browns players, yeah, and it didn't well, change.
0: It's a head, Well, it's a head coach, and if the head coach changes, if if after this year, which we expect to happen, you talked, you alluded to this before, Will. Um, then maybe we see a change depending on who they get as a head coach.
2: And I, and, I, and I hope we do, and I hope I'm wrong, but I'm not willing to but gamble on that.
0: Right, fair enough. Trey, you you love Baker Mayfield. You've been talking about uh, him as your number one QB for a while, and now I I, I think. Um, so, what are your, what are your thoughts about the pick at the at the one hundred and five? Pretty good pick, pretty good value.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's my one hundred and two in super flex, hands down. No questions asked. If I'm on the clock, one hundred and two in a super flex league, I'm either taking Baker Mayfield or I'm going to try and trade down. Um, and for me, like if you look back, like if you think about that team last year that was 0 16, look at the quarterback play that they got. Look at the offensive weapons that they had at the beginning of the season. Josh Gordon wasn't there. Jarvis Landry wasn't there. They didn't have a you know three-headed running back. You had Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson. So you've got Todd Haley coming in as the offensive coordinator, who I think is a is a good offensive coordinator that knows how to use the weapons that he has. I think adding Josh Gordon late in last season now he has a full off season to get acclimated to the offense you have Jarvis Landry coming in who I think is incredibly adept at getting open and short routes it's David Njoku's second year in the league I mean I think that the opportunity for that team not just on offense but on defense as well to take a step forward and really springboard is there the quarterback play that they're going to get whether it's Baker Mayfield starting week one or, you know, say what you will about Tyrod, you know, Tyrod does not turn the ball over. He takes care of the ball and what he can add with his feet, with all those other weapons. I think whether it's Mayfield or Tyrod, I think what they have on offense moving forward is going to be very positive. It wouldn't surprise me for them to get a new head coach in the next few years. Um, So I love the fact that Baker Mayfield went first overall. I love his moxie. I love his playmaking ability. And um, I can't wait to, I am, Making the statement now that between now and the end, of, the end of 2018, I'm going to own a Baker Mayfield Cleveland Browns jersey.
0: I love it. I love it. I thought you were going to say, I'm going to own Baker Mayfield in every league that I'm playing. That's what I thought
1: you going to say, every league I can.
0: <laughs>
2: I, don't, I don't feel like I'm a very conservative dynasty player overall as far as opinions, but the Browns are one of the teams that, uh, I'm willing to I'm willing to risk being wrong on, basically. And it but I love Mayfield. I do and I love all their players. I just can't I am keeping it in my mind that I'm I'm against it in general. (laughs) Yeah, but think about it's like it's it's like it's gonna give me an ulcer by the time by the time like
1: think about people that were the same way with the Rams and the Eagles, you know, when their franchises were kind of disastrous and and look at where those I mean things can change so quickly in the NFL with personnel changes. I think that you know, obviously the concern is real because Cleveland has been the laughingstock of the NFL, and obviously I, you know, I'm on record as being a big fan of what they're doing there. Um, and I'm, re- I mean, if they don't turn it around, it, you know, it's going to be hard to ever have faith in them again.
2: Yeah, and I, I totally believe. I totally believe in it. Just the Rams and Eagles changed staffs. Uh, the the Browns kept their head coach, fired their analytics guy, and hired. Uh, the the Steelers OC Todd Haley, which I think could do well for them, but that's just not. It's not the big overhaul that the other teams did.
0: Okay, so let's move on. We've got our friend Corey Deaton uh, at the 106. Trey, who did Corey take?
1: So Corey took Nick Chubb at the 106, and um, I am a big fan of Nick Chubb, and I was a little bit disappointed by the landing spot. Um, I, I, the draft capital was there. He's taken right at the top of the second round, um, fourth running back off the board. And I think that Cleveland, if, if something happens between now and the regular season, which, you know, I think probably is about a 50-50 shot of happening where the Browns trade Carlos Hyde then I will be a lot more excited. I think Chubb is more of a long-term. Chubb's kind of one of those guys that if I'm in a position that I don't really need a lot of production out of my rookie pick this season, he's a guy that I would capitalize on falling because I think 12 months from now he's going to be going into the 2019 season as the unquestioned starter in Cleveland in an offense that, as I just talked about, I feel like is going to be a solid offense. So I do like Nick Chubb. I probably – this is getting to that point where – I, I probably would still continue taking quarterbacks with, with the guys that are on the board. Um, but I and, – and, and to be honest, there's a guy that I've moved ahead of Chubb um, into my second running back spot. Chubb's right there, probably behind Michelle in my fourth running back spot. But, again, Wait, Who's, I don't that, hate who's this guy? Say, oh, we'll get to him. All right. um I do not I d I don't I don't dislike the pick at all. I think this is getting to that point in the draft where you gotta get the guy you like. I think Chubb's got a ton of potential. Um and he's a guy that really I think is gonna go later in rookie drafts than he should. He's a guy that if you like him, I would trade back a few spots um because I think he's gonna fall some.
0: Yeah, I I one of my drafts he went at the one oh six the other day, uh one QB and I have another draft where he went way oh well away. i can chime in real quick on, the on chubb
2: <laughs> the, the thing about chubb that like that kills me is you're speculating on what cleveland's gonna do which one you know my opinion is about cleveland but also that running backs lifespan isn't that large and so you have a guy like chubb who they're worried about him having arthritis in that knee the way it recovered and on on talent and what chubb can do i love chubb but the having to potentially be, you know, a, a one and a half fiddle, you know, to somebody else or and being in that offense uh, scares me a lot for the first year and taking this high. 106 is fine because you don't expect a ton of production, right? I feel like right, right away from the 106. But like the 106 last year was Dalvin Cook. I mean, or, you know, or a receiver mistake. <laughs> but so uh, this is just, it's a little bit high for me right now to be. At this moment in time, forfeiting a year production, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, fair. I I like Chubb a lot, but I think I'm with Trey. It probably depends on, you know. I mean, I think when we draft these guys, we shouldn't expect this major production in the first year. So I think long term, he might be one of the standouts among these these running backs. So I, I I do like the pick. I would have taken a QB, and at the 107, I was thrilled that Sam Darnold slipped to me at the 107. for me this was between Darnold and and Jackson and I I I do see the upside to Darnold I think yes he's he's got some issues his footwork is bad mechanics are bad but he has the potential to be a really great quarterback in this league he really does he's a playmaker he's a leader so I like Darnold a lot I'm probably higher on Darnold than a lot of people he's still my QB3 but um, yeah I, I think I think the he has just as much upside as as Jackson Lamar Jackson even though he, Lamar Jackson's got the the legs in the running game potentially uh, I just I just I like Darnold I like I like his his you know I, I think the Jets is not a bad landing spot it's going to take a while but I'm not drafting him to you know be my starter immediately I'll sit him on my bench for a couple of years and, and hopefully he'll reach his potential Sam Darnold 107 Trey
1: yeah, I think it's a good, <clears throat> again, I mentioned, probably would have taken quarterback at the 106. This is where I would, uh, and this is just me, um, I would take Lamar Jackson at this point over Sam Darnold. Um, but it's very close. Lamar Jackson right now is my number two quarterback. Sam Darnold's number three. So I'd take both of them over Josh Rosen. Um, I do like the fact that my, my biggest concern with Darnold is that he is very young. And I think that being in New York, being that big spotlight the media frenzy in new york there i'm a little concerned that he isn't going to have the time to sit one of the biggest reasons i'm really excited about lamar jackson is that he is the unquestioned backup for 2018 and he's going to sit behind a quarterback that's won a super bowl and i think whether you love or hate joe flacco the opportunity to sit behind him and learn is going to be huge for Lamar jackson and i am concerned that uh Sam Darnold is going to end up starting uh, over eight games this year for the New York Jets. Now I'm with you. If Sam Darnold, if the roles were reversed and Sam Darnold were going somewhere where he was gonna be able to sit behind a veteran for sure for a year, I would be much higher on him. But these quarterbacks that come in and get pushed into the starting role before they're quite ready, I think is, uh, not great, got a great track record. And again, that's, you know, it's narrative street stuff and the draft capitals there. Um, I, I like Sam Donald. I acquired him in a league just in the last week. So um,
0: yep. pump pump the brakes. Come on, you, you you've got uh, Josh McCown there. You got Teddy Bridgewater. He's like the third string QB going into to this. League.
1: Yeah.
2: So, don't worry so about I mean, it's, yeah, the, oh, those those two bonafide starters for the whole year, every year of their career. <laughs> no, I, I I do like Sam Donald, but the the McCown part of it gets to me because he's this like great coach to the next quarterback that's coming up, but he's gonna be that great coach for like three games. And Trey, I agree with like narrative street but how are you not supposed to buy into that narrative street is my like it's hard for me not to believe that he's going to be the starter by week six for the jets you know and it's it's a lot of speculation but if you're betting if you're like if you're forced to bet one way or the other like which way are you betting you know
1: and he's the youngest quarterback in this class he's the one that i feel is the least ready to take over that role i feel like if josh rosen were were taken by New York and it was him that was going to be forced into a starting role early, I'd be less worried. Um, and again, you know, I think Sam, I think Sam Donald is a great um, prospect. I think of all of the quarterbacks in this class, he may have the highest ceiling. I think he and Mayfield are right there. I mean, if he does catch on and begins to grow and develop and work on some of the things that the issues that he has, as far as his footwork, then his ceiling is a top five NFL quarterback. There's no question. But his floor is also pretty low. So he, he's a guy that will be fun to watch. I'm cheering for him. I, you know, I think it'd be great to, uh, to see him do well there in New York. And I really do hope that he doesn't have to start. I mean, the, the longer he can sit and just kind of absorb the NFL game, the better. Yeah, I
2: really want these quarterbacks to follow the narrative of Goff and Wentz, you know, to become prolific starters. And it would just make fantasy so much more fun, and the NFL better overall. Uh, I have my fears, but that's just maybe the uh, my my resistance to change.
0: <laughs> no, we should have our fears. I mean, the, the, I mean, the odds are maybe one out of four of these guys is going to be you know relevant in like eight years in, the, in this league. Let's be honest. But you know, you you it's tough to get a QB, and if you get a QB here, you, you know it's it's a it's a major piece for your. Superflex team as we know. But let's move on from Sam Darnold and talk about who Tyler took with the 108 well
2: I think one this 108 pick was a steal with a couple of the running backs went beforehand and, and Tyler uh went with Rashad Penny. And Rashad Penny sneaking into that first round being the second RB overall. I think shocked I don't think a single person watching the draft was ready for that. And it, it was it was really, really interesting. And I joked on um, the, the drafter party. And I still think – I'm very curious about the result of this, but that the the Seahawks don't care about pass protection, so Penny's the best fit for them because he is a great running back in space and running through holes and, and, and seeing where he's supposed to go. And he's a decent pass catcher. I'd be interested to see – I don't know his rock running all that well, so I think it matters more as a as a running back. But a little dump-off pass catcher and, and electric in space, so – Rashad Penny in here at the, at the 108, I think is just to me is just a great value if you're going to grab a running back there.
0: Yeah, polarizing guy. Trey, what do you think of Penny with this pick?
1: Well, I wholeheartedly agree. Rashad Penny is my number two running back. And I don't know how much you guys have followed some of the stats that PFF has on Rashad Penny. But Rashad Penny, just these are just a few of the superlatives. I know that there's some concern about Seattle and the not great offensive line, but I want you guys to remember back that when Marshawn Lynch was a dominant running back in the backfield for Seattle, their offensive line was still not incredible. I think it was probably a little better than it is now, but Rashad Penny has the college production. He has the draft capital among um, all 2018 NFL running backs. He was number one in missed tackles, forced on carries, 86 forced missed tackles. If you look at his yards per carry when he was contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage, which with the running behind a poor offensive line you anticipate might happen, he was number one with 3.32 yards per carry when contacted at or behind the line of scrimmage. Saquon Barkley, less than half a yard. Um, I just think that the opportunity this guy – his senior year had 1295 yards after contact and oh he actually happened to go head to head against one Saquon Barkley in a game that his uh alma mater San Diego State played against Penn State and uh you know I think he went for about 190 yards in that game I think that it was a, a little shocking I was just as shocked as anyone that he went in the first round uh, Seattle came out immediately and said, we feel like he's a three down back. And, you know, I was thinking about this because there's this news floating that somebody contacted them after they made the pick and wanted to acquire him. And I think I thought that was kind of interesting. And you kind of wonder, you're like, well, is that really true? But I'm like, why would they, why would they float that if it wasn't true? So Rashad Penny's my number two running back. Draft capital has a lot to do with that. But I've gone back and looked at some film and looked at some metrics and some numbers and, and I know that I, I know some of the narratives for people out there that are kind of downgrading Penny, but he is my number two running back. That is subject to change between now and the NFL season, but I'm really excited about what Penny has to offer in the NFL up in Seattle. I love that. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, he is a polarizing guy.
0: But when I look at things that are important to me, when I look at his production in college. Um, so this is interesting, rushing yards per game. And I know the competition is different, right? But uh, Saquon Barkley and Darius Geis, they they combined their senior year for 2,522 yards. Well, Rashad Penny was closely behind. He rushed for 2,248 yards. So um, you know <laughs> the guy almost almost matched those guys' uh, rushing production. Now, obviously, he's playing against uh, um, some really poor competition, right? But you no, know, he's got the production. He's got the draft capital. You and he's going to be the lead dog there, so you can deny that all you like. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around him being, you know, the number two or number three running back in this class. But if you look at the evidence and the and the numbers, and the draft capital, you you know, sometimes you just have to accept it. You just have to forget whatever narrative you walked into this with, wherever you had him. Because most of us, where did we have him before the draft, guys? Where did you have Penny? Maybe I don't know.
2: Yeah, like right here in a regular draft, like at the one Yeah,
0: but you know, so like. You're going to take the, the, the Georgia running backs. You're going to take you're going to take guys. Uh, mm-hmm. You know you're you're going to take um, you know all these other guys, and then then Penny finally somewhere. So no, it's it's interesting. So we, we so it, it seems like we all really like him. <laughs> There's a consensus. It, it's, it like I, he, I don't think he's my number two running back, but I like him a lot. But it's
2: when you when you make that decision that you actually really love a running back. This is the one year recently where you can trade up. I feel like a reasonable value. And so if you really have a guy, and you're going through your draft. I, I'm not. I guess maybe I'm not the type of dynasty player that waits for somebody to fall to me, and I choose between this like you know six of the running backs that you could easily have taken uh, with the second round running backs. I want to. I'm going to pick somebody that I believe in and I have faith in. And I'm going to go get that guy, and it's going to cost a little bit. But I feel like this is a year where you can you can pay that cost. It's not going to be a huge overpay because you're not moving up to the 101 because you basically can't anymore. And I, I'm just it. It makes me very excited about this year. I feel like this NFL draft made so be, so many people so sad on the position players as far as, like, running back and wide receiver that, uh, I don't know, I mean, I, you know, obviously you can wait and see what other people take, but you can also, like, it's cheaper to move up than I feel like it has been.
1: Let me tell you about another guy that had about 2,200 yards rushing and over 20 touchdowns his senior year against some not great competition at a school, Texas Christian, that at the time was in the whack, and that's Ladanian Tomlinson. Who did? And Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny outproduced Ladanian Tomlinson and scored one more touchdown on approximately 80 less rushes so you want to talk about lesser production but so if you have if you're going up against lesser production then you want to see dominant statistics and, and when you talk about a guy you know what was his 7.8 yards per carry this guy put up his senior year and 23 touchdowns i mean his junior year He only had 136 carries, went for 1,000 yards, 7.5 yards rushing, and 11 touchdowns, a touchdown almost every 10 carries. So the guy has been nothing but an electric producer his last two years of college. And um, I'm excited. I I can't wait to see how he he pans out.
0: And they had a really good, uh, Donald Pumpery was there, um, who people forget was a really outstanding back his senior year of college when when, when he was there in uh, uh, 2016. So, uh, I guess we can move on from the, the, the penny love. Maybe we call this show the, the penny, penny for your love. Thoughts. So we love, Tyler, your your pick of the 108. It seems like the, is the consensus that we love it. Um, I, so let's talk about uh, who Jake took at the 109, Trey.
1: Well, we talked about Lamar. Ja- I, I mentioned Lamar Jackson already, and that's who Jake took here. And for me, at the 109 of a super flex rookie draft, to get a guy like Lamar Jackson that went in the first round – I've already spoken about I mean people he for anybody who's just listening to what the media is saying about these quarterbacks that wants to talk about Lamar Jackson being a running quarterback you have completely missed the talent that this gentleman has as a pocket passer the way that he goes through his progressions now I'm not going to argue when he when the play breaks down And there's a lane he's going to take off and he's going to make plays with his legs, but he is not a run first quarterback. He is a great, he has an elite ability to throw from within the pocket and go through his progressions. There's some things he needs to work on. His footwork can improve, but I mean, I really am excited. I am incredibly hopeful. Lamar Jackson is very easily the guy that I'm pulling for right there with Baker Mayfield in this quarterback class to succeed in the NFL Um, I think that he's a great he seems to be a great young man again I felt like he had to go somewhere where he could sit for a year behind a quarterback that's had success in the NFL that he could learn and I think it's pretty clear that the Baltimore Ravens are ready to move on after probably one season from um, Joe Flacco and, and Lamar Jackson. I think he's my number two quarterback. I think for fantasy, he's going to have incredible potential. In I, I will say this caveat. In a six-point passing touchdown league, he probably would be bumped down mm-hmm. my third quarterback, maybe even my fourth. But in a four-point, which is traditionally what we play in a four-point passing touchdown league, where those rushing yards and rushing touchdowns are that much more advantageous, it's very easy for him to be the number two quarterback for me because I think his ceiling is – is high and his floor is also very high because of the rushing.
2: Yeah, he also – so looking at his college stats, and I didn't, I didn't write it down beforehand and I apologize, but it was uh, either 45 or 55% of his passes went to his second look when he was throwing. And I think reading progressions and going through what he was doing, and he gets drastically underrated as a person who is, is reading the defense and offense, and maybe he wasn't making the best decisions, but at least he was reading it. At least he's there. He's there where he can get better, and him sitting behind Joe Flacco, who I think this definitely indicates that the Ravens are at least telling Flacco that unless you become better, we're done with you. I don't think that's an issue with them, and so I, I like the landing spot as far as, at first I was like, oof, that's not like a good place for a quarterback going to the Ravens, but if you separate Flacco from the Ravens coaching staff, who's done a great job with the rest of their school position players, I like it.
0: So, by my count, guys, there's one first-round QB still on the board. And Caleb grabbed him with the 110. <laughs> That's right. It's Josh Allen, everybody's favorite quarterback. Josh. You know, I, I think this is the, the question, right? Like, if, if you're drafting – like, wh- where do you take Josh Allen in a super flex? Because you've got to take him at some point because there is a small – I think we're all down on him. We've talked about him before. But there are some people that, that you know, that we've had on the show – Uh, Bradley Ilotalo likes him. Paul Pertichese hasn't totally written him off yet. So those guys see something in him. And obviously, uh, so do some um, NFL scouts and and GMs. So you got to take him. Where do you take him? Is this too high or is this a good spot for him at the 110?
1: I think it's a really good spot for him. I think at the 110. And it's going to be team specific. You know, but I think that he's a great guy. I I mean, we talk about ceiling and floor i think his range of possible outcomes is probably the greatest of any quarterback in this in this class you know he's got that huge arm but that the well of my lord the very well documented accuracy issues um but i mean I, I think that you know going seventh overall and um i mean he, you know he's going to a, a powerhouse offense there in buffalo um <laughs> Hashtag, i got some weapons
0: Calvin benjamin zay jones come on man
1: hashtag sarcasm no i do i mean i you know he throw yeah, I think you, he's worth a shot i mean if you're really in love with one of the running backs left on the board what i'd probably do is trade down because you know with the with the um it's super flex format the number of starting quarterbacks available guys with the kind of upside of Allen are just you know not available very easily so I think this is a good, a good spot for him to go right at the end of the first round.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I think I would probably have waited a little bit longer, maybe early second or mid second. See if he's still there. And if I lost out at him, I feel okay. Cause there are a lot of guys I still like that are on the board. Uh, well, yeah, I was
2: thinking like 206 is the spot where I would grab him if he was there in a super flex, just cause 206, we're at the point where we're past all the running backs that I'm, I would really enjoy having on my team. And we're going to the receivers that I would like, but I think I would take a risk on Allen in the Superflex and being able to like put him especially it also matters if you have uh the taxi squad, if you have an opportunity to sit him for a year and kind of see what it's all about. Uh but anyway, like I would definitely and uh, but it's also it's also partially me where I just am not as big on taking these quarterbacks earlier as a lot of the superflex community is. So. so
0: So Jason Silva who's got the one eleven He made an interesting pick, I think, here because I think I I would argue that he got pretty good value, even if you don't like this guy that he took. So, well, who did he take?
2: Uh, Jason Silva, one a person who in every mock we've ever done, everybody's given him such props for his picks, and I've really liked I really like his insight and thoughts of what he's done. So, congrats to Jason Silva on this pick. He took Ronald Jones, and again, a very polarizing combine player to production. But Nick Whalen, friend of the show. Great dude. Love chatting with him. Has Ronald Jones' 102 uh, overall, like, in, in, in any format. And I think that that speaks to when it comes to the 111. And he landed in one of our fantasy favorites. He landed at the Bucs because they – they I mean, they made an, an improvement on de- the defensive line, but they, I don't think they're going to be an elite defense by any time soon. And they play in the conference. It's going to put up a lot of points. And they're going to have to maybe chase a little bit. And I just like where Ronald Jones ends up as far as, like, a – dynamic talent that's going to be able to score a lot of touchdowns and so at the 111 in the super flex like how risky is this like if you didn't trade for this pick and you're sitting at there this means you lost in the championship and if if the running back was the position you're missing and you can grab Ronald Jones that's a huge win to me
0: yeah no I I, I like the pick I, I mean I wasn't big on Ronald Jones going into the process uh, but the the landing spot and he's certainly talented we really don't fully know his measurables because he got hurt at the combine so Trey, what do you, you know, what do you what do you think of, of Ronald Jones?
1: You know, I I like Ronald Jones. I know that I was pretty high on him. And, you know, when we had Tim Torch on uh a month or so back, uh, you know, Tim talked about his body size and his height and weight and the combination of running backs that can can succeed at that size, and the list is pretty, pretty uh unimpressive. So, you know, there are some concerns there about his size. And um, I think that the draft capital, I probably, I, this is that point in the draft where I think that there's a guy that I would rather take ahead of, um, ahead of Ronald Jones. I think that Ronald Jones has really great potential because I think that with O.J. Howard and Cameron Bray and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans in that passing offense and Jameis Winston in the backfield, there's going to be some real opportunities for the Bucks to get him. I think he's the best when he gets the ball in space. You get him the ball in space, he can be incredibly electric. And he's a guy that could be an RB1 with only 16 touches a game, a la Jamal Charles. I know that similarity has been thrown around <laughs> quite a bit. But, but, but legitimately, he's a guy that I think can produce, where some of these other guys are going to need a little bit higher volume. He's a guy that really can produce quite well with with a limited amount of touches so they don't I don't know that he's going to necessarily be a workhorse for them so I I I, I do like the pick I'm I'm having a hard time finalizing the spot between kind of the the next three running backs off the board here
0: yeah so why don't we go to uh, the 112 which is a running back and Trey you took this pick
1: I did and I made a mistake here and uh you know this is a guy like I've gone back and forth I'm so torn on what to think about Royce Freeman Royce Freeman was the guy that I took at the 112. And the guy that I should have taken is the guy that I would probably even take at the 111, and he went one pick after, and we'll get to him. But Royce Freeman is a guy that I really like. He's a big guy. He's 5'11", 229, um, you know, 4'5", 40. It changes direction really well. And I think that he fits in really well there in Denver. I think Denver, especially now that they've added Bradley Chubb, to To go opposite uh, Von Miller on that defensive line, I think that they're going to uh, begin to uh, return to a a little more dominant defense. I think last year they had a little bit of a lapse, so I think they're going to play good defense. I really like the fact that they added Case Keenum as their quarterback. Mm -hmm. I think that he's going to do good things for that offense. I think that Emmanuel Sanders and Demaryius Thomas are very underrated um, and had some struggles in the, you know, the quarterback. Whatever the, I can't think of the word right now, but basically they, they were uh, subject to some pretty poor quarterback play. Victims there. of so poor I, quarterback play. <laughs> yeah. And so I think purgatory, that's what I would say. Quarterback purgatory, you know, word finding. It becomes <laughs> more difficult as you, as you age. Right, Ryan? Uh, absolutely. So, but, but I like the landing spot. I like Royce Freeman. I think that he has the opportunity to be a workhorse out there in Denver. And even though some people are saying they don't really love the fit, I think it's a little bit better fit than, than a lot of people are imagining. And I expect some good things out of that offense. So I do like the fit. I probably would have taken the guy that went one two Oh one over him and Ronald Jones, but Royce Freeman is a guy that's right in that same tier and he's got some great upside.
2: He's like CJ Anderson plus in my mind as far as being able to see the hole and hit it. He's not, the, he's, not, he's not the most shifty player that you've ever seen. He's not the most athletic player you've ever seen, but he has good vision. As Elliot Chris says, uh, he had Matt Forte's vision, but none of his, like, nothing else. But you would take that over what C.J. Anderson had, and he was a very successful running back there. And I think his, uh, I think Rose Freeman's is going to have every opportunity in the world to succeed, and that offense is going to get significantly better. And the 112 here, if, if that's your person, I think that's a great place to pick him. But you might have been him a couple picks later. So that's the only thing I'd say is, like, uh, I, I don't mind taking taking him here, but it, it, if you're just going to go straight by the, by the book, this is a couple picks early, too.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'm probably lower on Freeman than, than anybody I've heard because I think he's one of those backs. He does a lot of things good, but nothing great. And I also worry about Denver and their offensive line. That was a big need going into the draft. year. a lot of people talk about that. They need to address their offensive line. They didn't spend any high draft capital on their offensive line. So I don't really know how good their offense is going to be. Um, and I, to be honest, is he better than Booker? Probably he is a better back than Devontae Booker. I don't know, though, if he's going to get handed the job. Um for whatever reason, you know, they, we, we saw it last year. They liked Devontae Booker. They see something in that guy. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe in a couple of years, you know, you get him. And I, I, I guess I would temper my expectations for this year because you hear some people talk about, like, oh, he's going to win that job and he's going to be the solid RB2. I don't know. I don't know how good that offense is going to be. I don't know how good the offensive line is going to be. So uh, I think the pick is fine. There is another guy that, that I also liked more that I would have taken, which you kind of alluded to, Trey. And that's who Peter took at the 201, Mr. Carryon Johnson. Wrong. A fantasy just favorite because you. we get to play.
1: Wayward, <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I think Carryon Johnson, it's a great, great landing spot. Uh, I mean, someone's got to step up in Detroit. Uh, talk about an offensive line that got improved. That Detroit Lions offensive line is going to be really good, guys. So I I, I like his opportunity. Yes, Legarrette Blunt is is kind of a threat, but you know, Carryon Johnson is a guy that we really liked. And yeah, so so Will, what do you think? Carry on Johnson to to the Lions? Uh, why are you giggling? You're making, like you're making faces. Uh, really, you must really no, like it's the. Pick.
2: Like a, yawn. a carry No, uh, <laughs> that's a lie. I actually really like. I carry on fits every narrative street you want to you want to put up. Uh, a great producer in college that got overlooked in the draft a little bit as far as the pre-draft process in the fantasy league or the fantasy world. And then a team trades up to get him. Like what more do you want of of something to tell you that this guy's at least going to get a great shot at what he can do. And it's a new head coach. It's the same offensive coordinator, but uh, here is like, I just don't see that there's any, the risk is lower. And I really like the pick of Kerry and Johnson at this point. And I think if you were to flip him with either Ronald Jones or Royce Freeman, whichever guy you want there, make your like plant your flag and take the guy you want, and I will have no qualms about any of them.
0: Trey, your thoughts? You you alluded to it earlier. You 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 made a regret. You you wished you know you would have taken him. Maybe you didn't realize he was there, but
1: no, I did. And <clears throat> I'll be honest, I definitely. It was a mistake, and that's why I think these exercises are so great because you're on the clock, you make a decision, and then 20 minutes later you're like, oh, man, I I definitely should have picked this other guy. And so it makes you be a little more thoughtful about how you really order these guys because I don't think many of us as Dynasty um, players sit down and write a list top to bottom of how we rank these guys. And so even even as recently as – your minutes before the night before your draft, all it takes is reading one article positively about one guy or negatively about another guy can can spin you enough to just flip-flop guys. But anyway, Carryon Johnson's a guy that I love. He's a guy that I really liked coming out of Auburn, and um, his draft capital confirmed the fact, and, uh, you know, Will alluded to the trading up. I mean, I love it. when Just like with Alvin Kamara last year, I love it. When an NFL franchise especially in a running back class that that is this deep only five running backs had come off the board Darius Geis was still on the board Uh, Ronald Jones had just come off Uh, Royce Freeman was still on the board and the Detroit Lions uh, gave up a future I think they gave up a future third rounder Um, and this year's third rounder i man I was trying to just look it up but I know that they gave up uh, some additional draft capital to move up here and to select Karrion Johnson. That made him. They didn't. He didn't fall to them. They said, we want this guy. We're going to go up and get him. And despite the fact that Theo Riddick is there in Detroit, I think that Karrion Johnson is a guy that can be – can run some routes out of the slot. So I think Theo Riddick and Karrion Johnson can be on the field together. I do think LeGarrette Blount could eat into his – work um, at the goal line and in short yardage situations this this season but I think that there's a real opportunity I mean the Le'Veon Bell comparisons I think are very interesting because that's one thing that Karen Johnson is very good he's very patient and then once a hole opens up he has the uh, explosiveness to to hit the hole and I, I think that he's got a great opportunity there I know everybody's down you know that's kind of the narrative right that the Detroit Lions running backs uh, are scary to own. And he's a guy that I think that I'm going to look to be grabbing at the top of the second round or into the first round in quite a few uh, rookie drafts and, and then just kind of sit on him. I think he'll produce this year. He won't be a huge, huge producer. Uh, because of the goal line work, I think he'll lose to Blunt. Could make him a, a buy opportunity even throughout next season.
2: As yeah, boring it sounds, I, I, I'd go uh, Jones, Johnson, Freeman. Those would be – and like that tier after you're leaving like Chubb and Penny, I'd go Jones, Johnson Freeman. That's where I'd plant my flag.
0: So you take, you take Jones ahead of Johnson. I, I,
2: I, yeah, I would, I would. Well, and uh, okay. I think that's, it, it, personally, it's just, I, I do, and I do value Nick Whalen's opinion quite a bit and the way he talks about it and, and looking at it. And that's what moves it up for me is taking in a lot of feedback from people who watch more film than I do and going going from that.
0: Yeah, no, and I'm with uh, – my rankings are exactly the same. Um, I, I, like, uh, I like Rojo at, at the top of that running back list as well. The, the, the three but if somebody same. took Johnson
2: so, ahead of Jones, I wouldn't, like, freak out. Like, I'd be like, I mean – No,
0: know, no,
2: like, me It's the, me the balance. I'm
1: going to give you guys a little bit of a hot take here for Dynasty. carry car- Right now, carry on Johnson. Johnson is my top running back coming out of the SEC West over – one Darius
0: guys. Wow! All right. And
1: that's as as things stand right now. I would prefer to own on Johnson to Darius guys.
2: Ooh,
0: that's All real right. hot. We, we got a we got a, we got a Carolina Woof. Reaper, ladies. Yeah. Gentlemen. <laughs> it's not even the regular season yet. All right, guys. We should probably pick up the pace here. Um, <laughs> we, we wanted to do three rounds. I'm not sure we're going to make it three rounds, or maybe we'll quickly read the third round, but. Let's like kind of do like rapid takes. Are you guys up for that? We'll just go through these next picks and just say a couple of words. All right. Um. So, Trey, Aaron was picking at the at the two hundred two. Who do you take?
1: He took DJ Moore. I know DJ Moore is a lot of a lot of people's uh, number one wide receiver. Um, he was the number one wide receiver off the board in the NFL draft. Some people love, some people hate the landing spot. He's not my number one wide receiver. I would have taken another wide receiver here, um, but. It's a. It's not a bad pick at all.
0: Yeah, I, I love it. Uh, DJ Moore's my number one clearly, and um, I, I love the pick. Great, great value getting him here in the second round. Good job, Aaron. I think he
2: Will. could dominate in Carolina. So he, I think he could walk into being the easily number one target hog there. Uh, does scare me, but anyway, I was up next, and so I took Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton has a very dominant profile. I know he went to the the Broncos. That he doesn't have an immediate. Uh, like path to, to, to put up a lot of fantasy points this year, but that's not what you should expect in a wide receiver anyway. And I think to me, he's the biggest alpha in this class.
0: Yeah. I think it's a good pick. Um, Trey.
1: Yeah. I like it. I think that he, uh, you know, I think being able to sit on him, I think that he, again, the, the range of outcomes is pretty large. I think that, you know, if, if there's definitely some things that are going to have to fall right for him to become an alpha, a number one wide receiver, He's not there. He's got that potential, but um, I, I think that at the, you know beginning of the second round, that's a, a great... And
2: if we're looking at just drafting the pick, I took Michelle in the first round for an immediate benefit, and so took Sutton for the future.
0: Yeah, great upside on Sutton. I mean, if, here, or the second round, what, what more could you ask for? Jason Lawn took, uh, with the 204, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Calvin Ridley is still my wide receiver, too, in this class, guys, uh, I, despite the age. I I think it's a good spot for him in Atlanta because it's good that he's not going to be the number one, but I think he's going to be, you know, a real valuable fantasy asset. I mean, maybe you can make the argument, you should, you know, swing for the fences here, a guy with more upside, but I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a solid
1: fantasy asset. So I I like the pick. I like it. He's my number one wide receiver. I love his route running. I I love the landing spot. When you have a guy like Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman come out of the backfield, You've got Julio Jones, an epic, uh, unguardable almost wide receiver on the other side of the field or lining up in a formation with you on the same side of the field, which offenses are going to have to respect. I think that Calvin Ridley with his route running going up against number two or number three cornerbacks is going to destroy. And I think that Matt Ryan's a guy that can get him the ball, can throw him open if he's not open. So, I I mean, I I love the landing spot. Calvin Ridley was my wide receiver one coming in, and he – separated himself a little bit between the other guys. So I Ooh. love being able to get him at the fourth pick of the second round here. And it's, uh,
2: you're talking about Sir who was at Alabama while Ridley was there. And if you don't think he had an effect on that pick for the first round for the Falcons, who could use other spots, uh, you're just wrong. Like, that, that mattered quite a bit.
0: Yeah, and, and really was working out with Julio Jones, you know, getting ready for the draft too. So, no, it's a, it's a good spot. Love it for Matt Ryan. If you got Matt Ryan and even a one QB league, especially Super Flex, you got to love that. Okay, picking up the pace some more. Yep. Uh, well, who did Team Kirk take at the 2 Uh Captain Kirk went with Christian Kirk. And he, I, I think
2: Christian Kirk are going to the Cardinals. I love the landing spot. He's going to have an opportunity to grow with Josh Rosen. I just also love that he will be there with Larry Fitzgerald. Kirk seemed like a pretty good dude the whole time. He was a great producer in college. I think his punt return statistics are out of this world. So at least he's going to have an immediate opportunity to produce on special teams. And that's big just to be on the field and just to be a part of the offense or sorry, special teams, but then to be a part of the offense, just the more you get noticed, the more you can do even in practice that matters to NFL teams. And on top of that, He's also want to be able to learn from Larry Fitzgerald, who is the consummate pro that you want every wide receiver that you've ever known to learn from. And yeah. with Josh Rosen there, and the way the offense is going to change, uh, the landing spot for Christian Kirk, although if you just took it outside of Rosen, not a great spot. But now it's I, I think it's what, what I mean. What more would you want from him?
0: i don't know is there anything we want more from him what what about our um our trey you want to say anything to the, <laughs> yeah Do you, you want to move on to the 206 who uh cory took at the 206
1: yeah look, 206 is uh a fantastic pick i love this guy's landing spot i wasn't nearly as high on him and to matt waldman on and matt waldman just um discussed him being his number one wide receiver and so I went back and looked a little bit more and uh, so I began to be a little bit higher on Dante Pettis and then he went as the fourth wide receiver off the board he went ahead of Christian Kirk ahead of James Washington ahead of Anthony Miller and not only did he go ahead of those guys and, and at the top of the second round but he went to one of the better offensive minds in the NFL in an offense that I think is going to be up and coming with Jimmy G at quarterback and Marquise Goodwin and Pierre Garçon, um, Jarek McKinnon that I'm a big fan of. I love Dante Pettis. I think he's going to throw in a few kick return and punt return touchdowns each year Mm -hmm. to boost his fantasy production. Um, He is a guy that I am going to be getting everywhere that I can, and I am willing to spend up to a high second on him. Uh, on a team where i need a wide receiver i love him i'm su- I'm, I'm actually going back and forth he he's very possibly going to end up as my number 2 wide receiver
2: so you're taking over him over kirk and more
1: i think yes i i'm yeah. taking him, i'm taking him over kirk more I, man i struggle with more and i mean i you know i'm in state but that offense man christian McCaffrey is going to get a lot of targets there greg Olson's still there devin funches and they, I think that they are going to continue to run the ball. You know, the, I, I just – I'm not so sure about the landing spot for Moore, but I love the landing spot for Pettis. I think that it's going to take some time for him. Um, and, and I do love the fact that he can come in there and learn from Pierre Garçon, who I don't think it's the respect that he deserves as an NFL veteran.
2: I wish Pettis would have tested because I think he's a plus athlete that just didn't test, and people are discounting him because he didn't do it. And it just sounded like he was just, he was just done with working out and doing tests by the end of the season. And I, I don't, I don't knock him for that. And that on top of being a great route runner, cause he gets labeled as like a great route runner uh, overall. And I think he is a plus athlete and I think that's, what's being missed. And that's why he went here. Like, I love it.
0: Absolutely. You know, he played, he played on the West coast. A lot of people didn't see him. That's part of it too. Um, you gotta remember his dad, Dante Pettis guys, um, or, or excuse me, Austin that's Pettis? him. No, Gary, let me get it right. Gary Pettis, his dad. If you ever played RBI baseball, the original on the NES, that man was awesome. He was like the fastest guy in the game, oh, you know, as fast as Vince Coleman. So I'm telling you, man, <laughs> I, based on RBI baseball that I played in the, as a kid when I was in the, in the 80s, when I was a kid, I, I can guarantee this guy's going to be good. So at the 107, or excuse me, at the 207, uh, I took Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, uh, you know, the QB that went to the Steelers. I just thought, okay, middle of the second, I, he could replace Big Ben. There were some other guys I like, a certain Bears rookie wide receiver that if I was really on the clock, I would have, probably would have taken. And who I like a lot, but I, I took Rudolph. I just thought it was good value for a for QB here. But you guys may disagree. What do you think of that pick?
2: Uh, I have no qualms with taking uh, Rudolph this late in the second. Depending on what your team is, you're you're going to have to wait. Uh, I bet Roethlisberger plays at least two years after he ended that retirement last year, but then he was super motivated for this year. But I do think that if you're going to take some guy who's going to be a backup, who in three years could be that next star, I think that's Mason Rudolph in my mind.
1: Yeah, I don't, <clears throat> I don't hate the pick. I, I think that it's probably a little early. I think that there's some guys with some real potential here on the board. Um, I, and I think that Mason Rudolph, if he had gone in the second round, um, I, I, I probably would be willing to spend this high of a pick on him. But the fact that he fell down into the third round in a league that values quarterbacks, you know, five of them went in the first round and as many quarterback needy teams as there are got, you know, some teams that are looking to replace um, starters in the next few years. I just, I wasn't um, a huge, huge fan of the fact that he fell to the third round. Um, I do agree. I think that big Ben's got, you know, it's, I saw that a story just in the last couple of days where it said he wants to play three to six more years. And I'm like, yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, you know, it's, it's it's one of those where, you know, I can't fault depending on team makeup, you can't fault someone for taking a shot here again with the value of quarterbacks and super flex. You know, the the lottery ticket if you will of being able to turn get a get a starting quarterback with a second round pick. Um you can't, you know, you can't argue with that.
2: Yeah, again this this is, will be Rudolph's lowest value in, in unless he drops out, you know. And unless he becomes nothing as a backup and they sign like a Blaine Gabbert to be the the second QB next year. Uh, this would be Rudolph's floor.
0: Uh, so let's move on. A, a guy I like quite a bit, uh, Tyler took at the two hundred eight. Will who did he take?
2: Uh, something Miller. I, he went to some team in the Midwest <laughs> that I, doesn't really have a quarterback.
0: Come do on. Do anything? No. I, uh, he's hey, say Anthony, Anthony Miller. Miller. Anthony Miller.
2: So uh, yeah, Anthony Miller had some injuries in college. He's always been a kid that had to work his way up for where he was going. I love his story. I loved his open letter to the NFL. I just loved the way he compares his, his effort level to steve smith is in the sense that steve smith never wasted a play and never wasted energy and i can't wait to see what he can do but just because like that kind of like letter and doing that nobody really does that you don't get a lot of like uh overflow of players that do those kind of things and uh it for, for what it's worth i mean i'm, I'm buying in why why would you buy into a guy like that who is, a, who is a great producer not a plus athlete but had some injuries and goes to an ascending offense you have to assume the bears are in an ascending offense overall it does scare me because it is the Bears, and the, the opposite can also be true where a new coaching regime takes over and does poorly. It could be. We don't think it's going to be, but uh, it is a risk in that sense. But the fact that that's the receiver that they took is the first receiver that they did in that coaching regime, that means they, they care about him and they wanted him. So I like it.
0: Traded up to get him. Uh, they gave up uh, – traded up and they gave up a 2019 second-round pick. So they, the Bears really liked what they saw out of Anthony Miller. Uh, Trey, you want to say anything about Miller? Should we move on? We want to fly through this. We can move on. Let's go. 209. Uh, Who did Jake take?
1: So, uh, Jake here took – and uh, why isn't it Michael Gallup? I was like – I'm sorry, guys. It's like Michael Gallup, (laughs) Dallas. You know, he's kind of a guy for me that I've never – not been real high on. I'm not super fascinated with the landing spot. Um, You know, there's some concerns about that Dallas passing offense. I do like Dak Prescott. I think that they could bounce back a little bit. I think missing Zeke last year for part of the season really hurt them. But I don't love Michael Gallup. But again, you're getting toward the end of the second round. There's a, a couple of guys here that I probably would take above him. But again, if you like, you got to go get your guy.
0: Hey guys, let's just talk about the like the last three picks of the second round, and then we can we can tweet out the the third round picks or or point out some guys we liked in the third and fourth rounds. So the, starting with the two ten. James Washington, Traquan Smith, and Mike Gesicki. Those were the last three picks of the second round. So, of those three guys, who's your favorite, Will? Uh, uh, who would you have picked? If, if uh, picked?
2: Traquan. I think he's, uh, that going to the, the Saints, where you, you do have a Akira Meredith, who I do really love that they signed. But uh, I'm not banking on that. I would take – and then James Washington going to the Steelers, a prolific offense and what they're doing. It's weird that – I feel like it's really weird that they took him in the second round. I don't, I don't understand it and don't know enough about it to where I'm going to take the upside of Trey Kwan. And then Gasicki, uh, he went to the the Browns South. So I don't, I don't trust the Dolphins at all. <laughs> I really don't.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I said because Trey had that pick, the two twelve. that I, that I like the pick. I think it's a good place to get him. But my only concern is that he's he's in Miami. And then, Trey, you pointed out, well, uh, Adam Gase has had some success with, with tight ends in this league. So you want to talk and, about
2: that? And 2 is a great spot to get him just –
1: I just, I just hate the
2: Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talked <laughs> about it. Fair enough.
1: He's, that, he's an athletic freak. So if there's some, someone in this class at the tight end, I know the landing spots weren't great, but I think that the landing spot in Miami being a negative landing spot for Gasicki is a little bit um, maybe inaccurate. Only time will tell. I mean, he, he could end up not being, uh, becoming much there. But I think, again, with Landry moving on, there's no, you know, I know they brought in Albert Wilson, but I just think there's gonna be opportunity for a lot of targets there. And he's going to be a mismatch uh, in the middle. If he gets on a a linebacker, he's going to have the athletic, he has the athleticism to to beat a linebacker Mm -hmm. and he's got the size to beat safeties and cornerbacks. So I think he could be a real mismatch there. And, um, and then I, you know, so I, I like the, I think James Washington is probably a better NFL pick than fantasy pick. Because I think that, especially this year, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are the top two options in that passing offense, and so you're going to have Juju, who I still think incredibly highly of, as the probably third option. But I think for that for that offense to do what they need to do, they having three wide receivers is pretty important for them. So I, I think that um, adding Washington in the second round is in, is really really good for the Steelers as an NFL team. Um, but I think it, it uh, Probably doesn't bode incredibly well for his dynasty value. There's a couple guys taken uh, early to mid third that I probably would take over both um, Washington and Traequan Smith. But I do like the the New Orleans landing spot's nice for for Traquan.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I, I, those three guys are pretty close to me. Um, I, I might just take Gasicki because of, of the potential upside. Although I do like Traquan Smith a lot because Cameron Meredith. I don't know, maybe I have too much faith in the Bears and them getting rid of him, but I do worry about him coming back with an injury, and I think that, that, you know, look at the Saints, man. They, they know how to identify these guys, right? So um, you, you, you got to look at, at that and what Sean Payton's doing in there and how he can draft people. So guys, you know, quickly, we really should wrap up. Looking to the third and fourth rounds, any picks that are, are worth talking about? I mean, once you get into this, you know, you, you kind of get to pick your guys, guys with upside. I don't know if there's anybody you want to mention that, that went someplace that surprised you, or should we just... You know, kind of tweet that out and call the night.
2: Can I – I just want to – just quickly. Go for it. No, with Naheem Hines going to the Colts, uh, I think it's a great landing spot as far as his upside. I think people forget that he weighs slightly more than Ronald Jones. And Ronald Jones is six feet, and Naheem Naheem Hines is only like 5'9". But uh, one of them actually ran a four three eight forty at the Combine, and was a prolific prolific producer as well. And so I think – He got drafted later than I think most people thought because the third round was kind of like a wasteland besides Royce Freeman in the draft for running backs. And so uh, not to say that you would take one person with the other, but just don't forget about these guys that have massive upside. So that's And it obviously was my pick, and I took him there for a reason uh, over some other people that I think could be more valuable. But I just really love – he's going to have the opportunity to show the world what he can do, and he could fail miserably, but he could also succeed very easily. And for a third-round pick, why not?
0: Fourth round pick, by the way, just a to, to point of information. Third round
2: rookie, third round rookie, dynasty draft pick, oh, fourth sorry, round pick got, in the NFL. I got you. I
0: got you. Good, very good. Yeah, no, I, 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 think that's a good thing to point out. That don't, don't sleep on him because he, he's fast and interesting, and he's going to have opportunity in Indy, no doubt. I, I, I so try any, any uh, closing thoughts? Any guys you want to talk about, or should we get out of here?
1: I'm just going to throw this out there because of the changing of the guard of the tight end position where some of these guys are aging and, you know, the young talented tight ends is, are a really small group at this point. Um, You know, I'm in mid season form when it comes to hot takes, gentlemen, Uh, I'm going to just put out there. I I expect next season that Mike Gusecki is going to put up numbers very similar, maybe not quite, maybe 80, 90% of the production that Evan Ingram put up last year as a rookie tight end. So I, I expect him to be a uh, tight end one in 2018.
0: I can get over with that. So I, I'm just gonna say, guys, that that again, that no one's sleeping. That people are sleeping on. They've they've totally written him off. And then some people got excited. Um, DJ Chark, um, to the LSU wide receiver, he went to Jacksonville. I don't think that landing spot is horrible for him. I really don't. Uh, you know, he's got second round draft capital attached to him. I got him in this draft, like I think what was like the 307, something like that. So the guy's got some pretty good upside. I mean, I mean, if he can develop as a route runner, you saw him in the senior, senior bowl. He, he was one of the, the, you know, the MVPs of the senior bowl in my opinion. So I think DJ Chark is a guy you can get the third round and feel really good about it. Um, maybe he doesn't pan out, but man, the, the guy's got the talent.
1: He's got the upside. So don't, don't sleep on that guy.
2: Massive Kiki, upside.
1: Kiki Cootie landing. in Another deep. guy, another guy. Man, yes,
0: absolutely. Uh,
1: he is. I am so excited. That guy is electric. Um, and to be able to put him there where Will Fuller is on one side, DeAndre Hopkins on the other, with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson that can move around a little bit and make things happen with his feet, and Kiki Cootie in the slot, oh, my gosh. I mean, he's going to have some wide faces across the middle of the field in that offense, and if he can, can get some attention, and, I mean, I think he's got incredible potential there if he can settle into that slot role in Houston.
2: That offense is going to be fun. Very very fun. Uh, my thing would be it's an undrafted free agent that I was looking at before this. Uh, we were talking tonight, but uh, Philip Lindsay of Colorado going to Denver. I actually think that hurts Royce Freeman's upside overall because I think Philip Lindsay he was a big time producer at the University of Colorado in Boulder, and I know that uh, third round capital uh, on Freeman and, and Lindsay went uh, undrafted, but I don't want to discount that he is a good player and it does scare me a little bit that you have a guy like him who ran, uh, I think just slightly sub four, four in his pro day with Colorado and also is used to altitude and the lifestyle there in Denver. So who knows? But uh, I think it's a fun, like mention. like if you, if you draft Royce Freeman, maybe in your very last rookie pick or you pick somebody up off waivers and you put on your taxi squad, grab Philip Lindsay.
1: Yeah. And I think one thing to remember, you know, when, when we're looking at these, um, landing spots and draft capital, you know, all you have to do is is go back one season and remember that in 2017, uh, the two guys that led the NFL in PPR fantasy points from the running back position as rookies were third round picks last year and that's Alvin Kamara and mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt. So, and, and it wasn't like there was, I mean, there's two running backs and win the top 10 and Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, and they both had really good seasons, both, you know, top 15 running backs, maybe even top 12. And uh, two lead producers were taken in the third round. And I think part of the reason they did that was landing spot. So don't discount some of these third, third and fourth round guys like Hunt and Kamara who landed in a really nice spot just because they were picked a little later. Because, again, those two guys last year were the top producers at at the running back position as rookies.
0: And with that, I think we're ready to close the show, right, guys?
2: Yes, sir. Um, I think we (laughs) should talk for several more hours on the next couple rounds. Let's get into round 16.
1: It was so – This was (laughs) sorry, this was such a fun
2: NFL draft as far as people being disappointed about landing spots, but the amount of thought and excitement that goes into them now, I'm, I'm loving it.
0: Yeah, no, it was, it's awesome. We're going to keep talking about this. If you've got rookie drafts going on right now, good luck. Um, and, and, you know, at the end of the day, take this all in and go with your gut. If you like a guy, don't be afraid to to go grab a guy. Don't, don't think, oh, well, this guy, you know, Ronald Jones is going to fall to me at the 107. He might go at the 102. The, the, it's It's crazy out there. So keep that in mind. And with that, we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joes. You can contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at ffjoes on Twitter. Your feedback is welcome. Let us know what we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly on Mondays, late Sunday nights, early Mondays, with new episodes in the offseason. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode and leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at fantasyjoe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood, and we are the Fantasy Joes. The Fantasy Joes. The Fantasy Joes. We need some more songs for these guys. We've got you know, "Carry On Wayward Son" for Carry On Johnson. We'll, we need some <laughs> more songs.
2: Hey, yo, yo! It's the Fantasy Joes. Before you look, do your rookie draft, we'll tell you what to know.
0: Oh, uh, you're thinking of original songs. I was thinking of like songs and. That, I, you know. I... I was just doing terrible,
1: terrible freestyle. He's, like, to he's uh, like, "We'll graphing. tell you tell you what the nose." It's <laughs> like you what's
2: a nose. Trust me, because Will Greenwood's got the nose. Extends to next week.
0: What's up with this week?
2: Anyway, going all week.
0: Bravo, well done. Let me play that at the beginning this time. <laughs> no, I want to. I want to retain our listenership there. <laughs> <laughs>